Hello and welcome once again to Declaring Liberty. Today is Friday, March 13th. Now if you listened to the last episode, you might have noticed that I was a little ticked off. Honestly, I don't know why more people aren't more ticked off about what's going on in this country, but whatever. Um, I guess they're too busy, you know, cheering all the winning that's going on. I don't know exactly what it is we're supposed to be cheering, uh, but whatever. Apparently we're winning, so yay, go team. I would like to talk a little bit about what's going on electorally in this country. Um, and these are the things that are behind my anger. Because if the trends that have been going on for quite some time and are really increasing uh, in speed of late, if those trends continue, then there are dark days ahead for this country. Because the Democrats, if these trends continue, will soon have really complete control of the federal government which could last for decades or generations to come. And the reason for that uh, can be found in the Electoral College. If you understand the Electoral College, you understand the map, you understand that there are certain states, at least as it stands right now, and obviously things are not always you know, going to be as they are right now. Things change, and there's the possibility that things will change in the future. But change is usually slow to come. And so given the, the state of the Electoral College map right now, there are many states that are basically solidly either in the Democrat column or the Republican column and are not going to change anytime soon. And there are many states that had been firmly in the red column, which have been trending blue and which are on the verge now of flipping, either in 2020 or most likely many of them in 2024, and if not by then, certainly shortly thereafter. But I think that certainly by 2024, after Trump's second term, if he were to win again, uh, I think by that point, enough of these states will have flipped to the Democrats uh, where where we will have reached the point that it is impossible for a Republican to win in the Electoral College. We're going to talk about that today. Now, I've got an article here about one of the states. Really, this would be the crown jewel for Democrats once they flip this state. And if things don't change, they will flip this state, and that is Texas. There is an article out today. Uh, I want to read you just a few passages from this article just to give you a flavor. The title of this article is Democrats Smell Blood in Texas After Sky-High Primary Turnout. Staggeringly high Democrat turnout in the Texas suburbs last week has the party bullish about capturing a half dozen seats that flipped through its grasp in the 2018 midterms. Democratic primaries in six GOP-held districts saw a roughly 100% increase in voters compared to 2016. The spike indicates that a lethal recipe might be brewing for Republicans in the run-up to November. President Donald Trump's unpopularity in the suburbs, combined with rapid demographic change and an amped-up Democratic base. After coming tantalizingly close to flipping several red-leaning seats in 2018, Democratic candidates are gearing up in and around the state's five largest cities. Their game plan, win over moderates and independents repelled by the president, and bring in as many new dem Democratic voters as possible. Okay, so they're focusing around five of the state's biggest cities. Now understand that what you're seeing in Texas uh, is reflected in much of, much of the country. And that is, we don't have so much a red state, blue state phenomenon as we do a rural versus 
urban phenomenon. Because even in uh, Democrat-controlled states, take, for example, Illinois. If you were to look at that map, you know, in the red-blue map that we, we are familiar uh, with seeing, much of that state is red. But in Chicago, which controls most of the population, which, you know, has most of the population, that's solid blue. And that overwhelms the rest of the state. But <clears throat> geographically speaking, most of the state is red. It's conservative. It's rural. It's farmland. That's the dichotomy in most of the country. Most of the states, whether they're red states or blue states, the urban areas are Democrat-controlled. The, the rural areas are Republican-controlled. The problem is... Um, that the urban areas are growing by leaps and bounds, and comparatively speaking, the rural areas are decreasing in population. Now that's the same phenomenon that's happening in Texas. The cities are booming, and all the major Texas cities now are blue. Every single one of them. Dallas, blue. Austin, Man, Austin is so far left. It, it's basically San Francisco in the heart of Texas. So Austin, the state capital, blue. Uh, Houston, blue. San Antonio, blue. And these are the places that, that have most of the state's population. Yes, you can look at a map of Texas, and probably 95% of the geography is red. But that's not where the population is. There are a lot of... Uh, counties in Texas where basically nobody lives. It's like a guy and his dog. That's the entire population of a county in, in West Texas. So, big deal. Some huge county in West Texas is red. Nobody's there! But they sure as hell are in the cities. And by the millions and millions. And the population is increasing by the millions and millions. And the same forces that turned um, excuse me, California from a solid red state, a conservative state that twice elected Ronald Reagan as governor, that had Republican governors right up until the 90s. The same forces that turned that reliably red state to the hard left socialist nightmare third world shithole that you see today with... Uh, people defecating and urinating and living in the streets, you know, where they have to hand out poop maps so that you can av avoid stepping in piles of human waste. Yeah, th th that's California now. It used to be a solid red state. It used to be the, the greatest state in this nation, but no longer. And the same forces that turn that from red to blue are the exact same forces happening in Texas and they are there are primarily two forces turning Texas blue today that is Texas number one is a victim of its own success low tax rates um, high standard of living booming economy this is attracting people from other states and so you will have people from places like California leftists who populate that state, moving to Texas. The problem is these morons continue to vote for Democrats just like they did in the blue states that they left. And they, turn, they are turning Texas into the same kind of state that they moved to Texas to flee. But th this is, you know, this is the nature of the leftist. They're idiots. So it's not surprising uh, that they don't learn from their past mistakes and they just bring their mistakes with them to Texas and continue to repeat them. And so Texas is turning blue as a result. The other force turning Texas blue is massive uh, immigration, both legal and illegal. And I know the, the way we virtue signal on the right, see, we, we only accuse the left of virtue signaling, but we virtue signal on the right as well. And one of the favorite ways that people on the right virtue signal is to say that, oh, I'm opposed to illegal immigration, but I love legal immigration. The more legal immigration, the better. Damn fools. Uh, 
legal immigration can benefit a country, but it can also cause great harm to a country. We are at the point now where most of the legal immigration is harming this country. We have too many people here as it is. And when you bring here, put more people into the workforce with, you know, millions, we, we have more than a million legal immigrants every year that we, you know, bring them in and let them work and compete for jobs against Americans. And, and many times they can afford to take jobs that pay less than Americans who come out of college, which they need just as a qualification for most of these uh, high, high-end jobs high-tech jobs and the like. They need these college degrees just to be qualified for the jobs. But the problem is they come out of school with so much debt that they can't afford to take the jobs for the salaries that are offered. But these people from India can afford to take the jobs. And so all this legal immigration is harming American workers, stealing jobs from American workers, and suppressing wages keeping wages for Americans lower than they otherwise would have been by increasing the labor pool. So legal immigration is doing great damage. But we also know that legal immigrants tend to vote for Democrats at far higher rates. And we've discussed the statistics on that. I don't have them in front of me right now. But believe me when I tell you, the immigrant vote overwhelmingly goes for Democrats. But it's not just legal immigration. Of course, it's illegal immigration, which is a huge problem in Texas. Now, yes, it is true that illegal aliens, non-citizens, are not legally allowed to vote in our elections. Well, a couple things about that. Number one, yeah, so what? Uh, They're not allowed to vote legally in our elections, but they do. We all know that they do. In fact, every time I point out that Trump lost the popular vote, I just get endless claims that, oh, but that's only because of vote fraud. All right, so you admit that illegal aliens vote in our election. So we know that illegal aliens vote in our elections and in huge numbers. And we make it easier for illegal aliens to vote Uh, We give them driver's licenses in many places now. And, of course, we have uh, early voting, which stretches now for weeks and in some places up to a month. The purpose of early voting is not to make it easier to vote. That's what they say it is. But the real purpose of early voting is to make it easier for Democrats to commit vote fraud. That's the true purpose of it used to be that Democrats had to commit all their vote fraud on one day. Now, you know, they have weeks and up to a month to commit vote fraud. A lot easier when you have a month of early voting. So there's a lot of illegal voting. So that's a problem with the huge numbers of illegal aliens in Texas, the the illegal voting. But also, these illegal aliens uh, have children. And guess what? Because the United States is politically insane, we confer upon the children of illegal aliens citizenship. We make them citizens, even though we did not give their parents lawful permission to even be in this country. We nonetheless bestow American citizenship upon their children, thus rewarding their parents for having come into our country illegally. Now, because those anchor babies, as we call them, because they anchor the entire family, they immunize the entire family from deportation, you know, because two two illegals come into this country, have a kid, now that kid is an American citizen, well, we're not going to deport the illegal alien parents of this American citizen baby so they get to stay and their siblings get to stay. And then through chain migration, this American citizen baby can bring in all the extended family from Mexico or Honduras or wherever else. So we call them anchor babies. Now these anchor babies are American citizens. And once these anchor babies turn 18 years of age, they can vote in our elections. And keep in mind that this illegal immigration problem 
has been going on for decades. And many anchor babies are now 18 years old and can vote. And every single day, more and more and more of them reach the age of 18 years. And they can vote. And tell me, how, how do you think that most anchor babies are likely to vote? These are American citizens whose parents and probably most of their family are illegal aliens. So they have grown up in illegal alien households. Which party do you think that they, those anchor baby children now 18 years of age and voting, how do you think, what party are they going to vote for? Of course, overwhelmingly, they are going to vote for Democrats. So there are a lot of forces at work which are turning Texas blue. Now let me continue and just read a few more parts of this story here. Nearly all of the districts share demographic trends that make them ripe for Democratic pickups. In 2012, Mitt Romney carried six of the seats by at least 20 points. But Trump's margin four years later was just 10 points or even less in five of them. So Trump, uh, Romney wins them all, all of these districts that they're talking about won all these congressional districts by at least 20 points. Four years later, Trump carried those districts by 10 points or less. That's just four years later. That shows you the speed with which Texas is moving to the left. It's not just that Texas is moving to the left. It is that it is moving to the left so fast. It'll make your head spin if you really understood what was going on in that state. In his 2018 campaign for Senate, Democrat Beto O'Rourke narrowly outperformed Ted Cruz in some of the districts and nearly beat the incumbent Republican senator in the rest. And let me just take a second here to explain a little bit about that uh, Beto O'Rourke-Ted Cruz race, because I hear a lot about that. When, when you bring that up, you know, people will cite that as an example for the fact that Texas is turning blue. And those who refuse to acknowledge that Texas is turning blue will just dismiss that. And they'll dismiss it in one, or, one of two ways or both. First, they'll say, well, that's just an anomaly because uh, people hated Ted Cruz because of his primary battle against Donald Trump. And a lot of Trump voters just hate Ted Cruz. And that's why they didn't come out and vote for him. So that's one. And, and I'll tell you, I believe that that does have some merit. I do believe that there were a lot of Trump supporters who didn't like Ted Cruz and didn't vote for him. So I do believe that that is part of it. Uh, I, I Look, Beto lost to Ted Cruz by less than three percentage points. Now, I think that some Republicans not liking Ted Cruz was a, was a part of that. And if Ted Cruz did not have that problem as a lingering effect from the 2016 primary, I think he would have done better against uh, Beto O'Rourke, but not much better. Okay, the other thing that they will point to to, to dismiss the Ted Cruz-Beto O'Rourke race as just an aberration is to say, well, look at the governor race that year because the incumbent governor Greg Abbott was also on the ballot and he he beat his Democrat challenger by much more than Ted Cruz beat Beto O'Rourke. It wasn't, you know, a three point a close race like that. Now here's what you have to understand about that race and and why that comparison holds no water. I don't give that argument any credence whatsoever. And the reason for that is you must look at Greg Abbott's performance in 2018 versus his performance when he ran for governor four years earlier. In 2018, he beat his Democrat rival by less, significantly less, than he beat his Democrat rival four years earlier. So there's that trend. There's that, you know, the, the simple fact that his his margin of victory decreased from his first win in, uh, what was it, 2014 
to 2018. So his vote total went down. He performed less well against the Democrat four years later. But here's what's really important. In his re-election effort, he won against an absolute nobody. He was running against a woman named Lupe Valdez, I think was her name. This woman was an absolute no one. She was a uh, she is a lesbian sheriff who absolutely no one thought was going to win. She was a throwaway candidate. Greg Abbott was a very popular governor um, and nobody gave her any chance. No serious people even ran against Greg Abbott. So he's running against this nobody with no funds and nobody thought was going to win. So the Democrats didn't even try real hard in her race. And Greg Abbott beat her by less than he won four years earlier. And you must keep in mind who he was running against four years earlier. He was running against Wendy Davis. Does that name ring a bell to you? Uh, th this is a woman, she was the Beto O'Rourke of that campaign. She was a national star because uh, in the months leading up to that election, she carried on a filibuster in the Texas Senate against an abortion bill. And she famously wore these pink sneakers as she stood for hours upon hours speaking in this long filibuster against this abortion bill. And because she was doing that, fighting abortion in Texas, uh, fighting, you know, uh, against further restrictions on abortion in Texas, she became a national star. She had, you know, celebrities lining up. She was, a, she, this race got national attention. She had huge fundraising as a result of it. So she had tons of cash, national recognition, national attention on her race. She had all kinds of people lining up in her favor. That is the person Greg Abbott ran against in 2014. And he beat her, this national liberal rock star. He beat her by far more than he beat this Lupe Valdez nobody four years later. So if anything, that further makes my point that Texas is turning blue. And it's the reason why uh, you cannot look to the Greg Abbott race as, as a way to dismiss the Ted Cruz, Beto O'Rourke race. They're not comparable. Okay, um, let me see. One last little bit from this article. Republicans scoffed at the idea that Democrats have finally discovered how to unlock enough non-voters to flip these districts. But privately... Some GOP operatives concede that new voters, combined with independents and moderates turned off by Trump, could offer a winning coalition. Now, this is not referring to the presidential election. This is referring to a handful of Republican-controlled congressional districts that they're looking uh, to, to pick up. Now, as I have been warning for many, many months, uh, in fact, years now, about Texas turning blue, I don't want you to get the misunderstanding that I am predicting that the Democrat nominee will win the presidential contest in, in Texas this year. I'm not predicting that. I expect Trump to win Texas this year. And I don't know by what percentage. I'm not in the prediction business. But I my anticipation is that Trump wins this year. That being said, I would not be surprised if he lost. If we woke up the day after the election and found that in a close contest, the Democrat nominee won the state of Texas and defeated Donald Trump. I would not be surprised at all. But that is not what I'm expecting. I'm expecting for Trump uh, to eke out a victory. But, you know, a lot of this in Texas and elsewhere, the entire the entire election, it depends largely on what is going on when we get to November. You can see how dramatically the political winds can shift. Look at where we were. Look at where we are now versus where we were just a couple of weeks ago. Look at, his, look at what has happened to this country in just a span of two weeks as a result of this coronavirus. Who the hell knows what the world's going to look like by the time we get to November? 
Two weeks ago, you know, a few weeks ago, we thought Bernie Sanders was going to be the Democrat nominee. Now everybody thinks it's going to be Joe Biden. And a few weeks ago, this coronavirus thing wasn't really on anyone's radar. And now suddenly the entire country is shutting down over it. The stock market's collapsing. Uh, we just pay it past, uh, uh, what, what was it, $8 billion in some sort of package to somehow combat the coronavirus. And now we're, we're debating more. You know, Trump is pushing tax cuts and all this other stuff to try to stave off an economic collapse. This is all just in the span of two weeks. So who knows what it's going to look like in November? You cannot make a prediction. And those of you who think that Trump is a guaranteed lock, he's going to win because the Democrats are so radical and Joe Biden has dementia, whatever. I think you're fooling yourselves. If you think that Trump has it in the bag, there's really no such thing in a presidential election because oftentimes they turn on events that are not foreseeable. So who knows? I have no idea. It could go either way. Um, of course, it doesn't, not a lot of political courage of, 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 on my part to come out and say, oh, well, it can go either way. Wow. Good call there, Mark. It could go either way, but it can, and I'm not in the prediction business. But what my focus is, is on the long-term trends, not this one individual election. And that is the fundamental source of my frustration over the last several months. And that is, most people refuse to look at the world, to look at our country beyond Trump. Trump is everything. Trump is the center focus of everything. He's the focus of our political conversations. You know, the fate of the country hinges on the political fortunes of Trump. If Trump wins re-election, then the country is saved. If Trump loses, then the country is, is destroyed for all time. It's ridiculous. He's one person, one president. The country is not going to succeed or fail in the long term based upon whatever happens to Trump. Now, what happens... You know, Trump, whether he's reelected or not, obviously that's going to have an impact on the state of our politics going forward. But people don't seem to look past the Trump presidency. And that is a, a large part of my frustration. I am looking at long term what is what is happening to this country. I am looking past Trump. And I'm looking at what we're doing now and not doing now and how that's going to affect our future. And that's why I'm so angry. Because I see what is coming if we don't address these things now. And we're not addressing these things now. Not in any serious way. Not on a, a great enough scale. Yes, Trump is doing some good things on illegal immigration. But the problem is still far greater than those small steps that we have taken. So we are not reversing course. We might not be going, you know, illegal immigration, for example, might not be getting worse at as great a rate as it would have if Hillary had won, but it's still getting worse. We're not reversing course. We might be, we're still going in the same direction. We just may be going a little bit slower. But the, we're still... The trend has not been reversed. And the trend leads inexorably to Democrat victory. Democrats flipping more red states to blue and getting a lock on the presidency in the Electoral College to the point that no Republican nominee will have a chance of winning. And just imagine what that will mean for the future of the country if we do nothing but elect Democrat presidents for decades in a row. What will happen to this country? You know, you're, you're, we're applauding all the judges that Trump has placed on the courts. And that's a great thing. Even assuming they're all good picks. And the truth of the matter is, we don't know that. So everybody who hails these great conservative judges, the truth of the matter is, you don't know if all of these judges are good picks or not. We're hoping that they are, but we don't know. You probably couldn't even name more than two of them. 
besides the two Supreme Court justices he's nominated. If you can even name two of the lower court justices that, that he has nominated, then you are probably in the top 99%. Because most people couldn't name two. Most people couldn't name one. But we're all convinced that every single one of his nominees is like a rock-ribbed conservative. We can't make that assumption. I'm sure that many of them are good, but I'm also sure that many of them are not. But anyways, even assuming they're all great, what's going to happen to the federal judiciary, to the Supreme Court and all the other courts, if we have 20 solid years of Democrat presidents? What's going to happen to the, what's going to, happen to the federal judiciary then? So I'm looking past Trump. I'm looking to the future, and it's not good. And it's not good precisely because we're not doing the things now which are necessary to prevent that future. That is my frustration. And I'm trying to wake people up. I'm trying to, to make people see that now is the opportunity that we have to prevent that future from happening. To prevent Democrats from getting a lock on the country for generations to come. But no, I can't get people to wake up. Because the simple fact that Trump is in office is good enough for them. They think that just because Trump is in office, we're winning and the country is saved. We're saved from the socialists because Trump is, is in office. And they don't look beyond Trump. What happens after Trump? And what is it that we're doing and we're not doing now while we have Trump in office? The truth is we're doing next to nothing to prevent what's coming. Now, I want to demonstrate for you how this plays out in the Electoral College. Because I warn often about, look, there's a lot of states, red states, that are trending blue and will soon flip. And the ones that uh, are of my greatest concern, I tell you about all the time. Those are Arizona, Texas, Georgia, Florida, and North Carolina. Now, I'll have some people respond to me, yeah, but Mark, <clears throat> that's all true. I agree with you. But there's several blue states that we can flip red. And if we can do that, well, then, you know, then we can still win. Now, I want to, to play that scenario out, okay? Because, yes, there are some states that have trended in the reverse, that have actually trended more conservative over the last uh, several election cycles. Ohio is, is one good example. That used to be the swing state. Ohio is what everything hinged on. Now, Ohio seems to be more of a safe Republican state. And, of course, Trump famously flipped three states that have, have gone uh, to the Democrats for many election cycles. And so that is obviously a good sign. And those states are Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. So let's play with the electoral map. I'm on the website 270 to win. And, and this is one of those interactive websites where you can uh, choose each state on the, on the map and, and give it to either the Democrats or the Republicans, and it will tally up the electoral votes. There's several websites out there like that, but I'm on 270towin.com. So let's play with some of these states, all right, and see where we're at. Now, keep in mind, when Trump won in 2016, he won with 304 electoral votes. Hillary Clinton won 227 electoral votes, all right? So let's, let's play with the numbers here. Now let's um, let's assume that we get to the place where I think we're going to be. Um, I don't think we're going to be in this position in 2020. I think there's a good chance that we're in this position in 2024, but certainly by 2028, I believe all of these states will be in Democrat control. And those are Arizona. So let me switch that to the Democrats. Texas, uh, Florida, Georgia and North Carolina. Okay, so we give those states to the Democrats. And again, I do not believe that all those states are going to go to Democrats this year. And I, I don't even expect that they will all go to the Democrats in 2024. Although, I think by 2024, enough of them will go to the Democrats where the Democrats will win. And if they all did go to the Democrats, I would not be surprised in that scenario either. But by 2028, forget it. They're all, they're all blue states. 
if if current trends continue, I hope they don't. But again, we're not doing anything to stop that trend. Hence my frustration. That's why I'm so mad. We are pissing away this golden opportunity because we're just happy that Trump's in office and we wash our hands of of continuing to get we're not engaging in the process anymore. We're just like, oh, we voted for Trump. He's in office. I don't have to worry about it anymore. He'll save us. Okay, now, so we give those states to the Democrats. Now, let me uh, let let me flip those other states that uh, could possibly go to Republicans that we can possibly take from the blue column, put it over to the red column, and see where we're at. Let's say that Pennsylvania stays red okay we've we've flipped that state and we've now con converted it into a red state so we've got pennsylvania uh let's keep michigan since we won it in 2016 and let's keep wisconsin and why don't we also go ahead and uh flip minnesota from blue to red now minnesota has been a reliably blue state for decades and decades but it has become sort of competitive lately. So let's put that in the red column. Okay, so what I did here was I took basically the electoral map as it was in 2016 when Trump won, and I flipped Arizona, Texas, Georgia, Florida, and North Carolina to the Democrats, and I gave to Republicans, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and even Minnesota. Let's even give them New Hampshire because uh, yeah, let's give us New Hampshire because New Hampshire is one that the Trump administration thinks they can win. They lost by only 5,000 or so votes in 2016. So let's put New Hampshire in the Democrat, uh, excuse me, in the Republican column. Do you know what, um, even, even flipping those red states, those, those rust belt states that, cause that's what I hear all the time. Well, if we can, if we can flip those Rust Belt states and keep Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin, um, and and you know keep the mid you know win the Midwest, then we can we can offset whatever red states that the Democrats are able to flip to blue. Okay, I just spotted you all of that. I gave you all of those states. Guess what the electoral total is? Democrats three twenty seven, Republican two eleven. So if the trend continues that I have been warning about and those red states like Texas, Arizona, Georgia, Florida, if those turn blue and even if we flip all these Midwestern states, Rust Belt states, Democrats win easy 327 to 211. This is what I've been warning about. This is why I am so fearful about what our future holds. This is why I am so angry about the people on our side who instead of keeping the pressure on Trump to stop illegal immigration, to deport the ones who are here, and to do everything that we can, we can do right now under current law to make life for illegal aliens in this country miserable to the point where they will self-deport. Because let's face it, we can't round up and deport 30 million, but we sure as hell can make life miserable for them so that most of them will get the hell out of here on their own. If in, instead of just celebrating Trump being in office and being satisfied with that, if instead we remained activist on these issues, if we continued to pressure Trump to do these things, then perhaps we would be in a different position, but we're not. All we've had is three years of mindlessly defending and cheering Trump and not pressuring him to do really anything. And so we've, we've pissed away this golden opportunity to reverse this trend of red states turning blue, and this is going to be the end result. So even if we flip Minnesota and we keep all those states that Trump won in 2016, we are still going to lose in electoral landslides. 327 to 211. That's not even close. We will not have any chance whatsoever to win the White House ever again if this trend continues. So there you have it. There you have it. 
But I simply cannot get people to wake up to the reality of what is happening. And it is it is it is a great frustration. And uh, frankly, I'm at the point where you feel like just throwing your hands up. Uh, it doesn't matter how you deliver a message, whether I deliver it with impassioned anger, as I am known to do, or whether I deliver that message um, calmly and methodically, and I point you to, to facts, as I just did, how it could actually happen and why and what the result would be. It doesn't matter. If someone is not willing to listen to a message, they're not going to, period. And that's where we are. Whenever I try to bring this stuff up, like for example, I warn about Texas. I have people who just refuse, refuse to believe it. They'll just say, you know, bullshit. Or they'll, you know, accuse you of spreading Democrat propaganda in order to suppress Republican votes. Just mindless garbage. These are the reactions of supposed conservatives. They don't want to hear it. They lie to themselves. They bury their heads in the sand. They'll say, Texas will never turn blue. That's like verbatim responses that I get. I just, you know, like clockwork. If I if I warn about Texas, I'll, I'll get God, any number of people saying, Texas will never turn blue. I, I, I literally do not understand how someone with a functioning brain could say that. Are they completely ignorant of what is going on in the state of Texas and what has been happening in the state of Texas for a good 15 years at least? Or is it that they, they understand it, but they just don't think it'll ever get to the point where Democrats are able to win? I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a little of both, maybe one or the other. I don't know. But I don't understand this thinking. Let's just take a look at it. Just in the last couple of elections. Now, first of all, Trump won Texas with 52% of the vote. All right, we think of Texas as this rock-ribbed conservative state, this overwhelmingly conservative state. He only got 52%. There are many states far more conservative than that that got Trump won much better. 52%? That's not a blowout. Now, there were other people on the ballot uh, that divvied up the vote a little bit. Hillary only got 43%. Uh, so 52.2 to 43.2. That is a spread of nine. Trump won Texas by nine points. Sounds huge, right? Well, four years earlier, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, you know, that guy that everybody in the Republican Party hates. He's a rhino. He's a liberal. He might as well be a Democrat. Mitt Romney won Texas by almost 16 points. So Trump, the great conservative, right? Um, I say that sarcastically. Um, you know, Trump has done many conservative things, but Trump is not a conservative. But anyways, that's not the point at all. Trump wins 52 wins by 9%. Romney won by 15.8%, almost 16%. In just four years, that's, that's what happened to the Democrat nominee. I mean, the Republican nominee. Went from 16% net plus over his Democrat rival to Trump winning just nine by just 9%. Now, you must also consider 9%, Trump won by 9%. That is the lowest, that is the smallest margin of victory for any Republican nominee for president since 1996 when Bob Dole was running against Bill Clinton. And Bob Dole was a you know horrible candidate and he got destroyed by Bill Clinton. Um, that was the last time that a Republican nominee performed so poorly in the state of Texas. There are many indications that Texas is going blue and it's going blue fast. So just to, you look at the raw numbers, Texas is is turning blue. It's not arguable. That is the trend. The numbers do not lie. So then the next question is, do these people who, who tell you that Texas will never turn blue, is it because then that they know this, but they just don't think uh, it'll ever reach that point? 
How do you, what is the rationale there? So you acknowledge, because these are facts, that Texas is turning blue. So what you think is going to happen is that, yeah, Texas is turning blue, but it will just stop turning blue at some point. Is that it? Oh, yeah, it's a trend, but as soon as, uh, you know, Democrats get to like 49%, then that'll stop. The trend will just stop. Based on what? How do you how do you make that assumption? Can you point to any facts that would bear that out? No, of course not. It's ridiculous. No, all the facts and common sense and logic tell you that Texas is going blue and it's going blue faster and faster and faster. Because more and more people are moving to Texas. More and more liberals are fleeing blue states, moving to Texas and voting blue. And importantly, we have decades and decades of illegal immigration. And every single year, anchor babies are 18 years of age and can vote. And keep in mind how many people we're talking about when we talk about the anchor baby population. I mean, in this country last year alone, there were 400,000 anchor babies. And of course, those aren't divvied up evenly over the states. I mean, how many, th- how many anchor babies do you think there were in Maine or in North Dakota? I, I, we would probably um, be surprised to find out that the numbers are probably way higher than we thought. But as compared to places like California and Texas and Arizona, uh, it's probably you know nothing compared to places like that. Texas has a huge illegal alien population. Enormous. So it only stands to reason that they have a disproportionately high percentage of anchor babies in that state. And they've been born, you know, in mass for decades now. And so every year, more and more of them, you know, kids brought up in illegal alien households, they're voting now. You put all this together. You look at the trends. I don't know how the hell any rational person could say, Texas will never turn blue. Why? Because of the mystique of Texas as being this solid conservative state. Just, you know, everybody's on, everybody's a cowboy riding a horse, rope and steer. Is that, you know, that image you conjure up in your head of Texas? That's not Texas, by the way. That's the caricature of Texas. That's not the real Texas. Not anymore, it isn't. So, I just don't understand these people. You know, these people, the ones who refuse to acknowledge reality and lie to themselves, and they refuse to listen to anything that they do not want to be true. That is what I have found. It's another source, great source of frustration for me. As someone who tries uh, in, in, in all different platforms to reach people and to try to wake people up and give them facts and to extrapolate those facts from those facts to show them where we're headed and what happens if we don't do certain things. For someone who spends their time trying to do those things, this phenomenon of, of Republicans and supposed conservatives refusing to even listen to facts and information and points of view that they do not want to be true is just about the most frustrating thing I've ever encountered. You just can't get through to these people. And the net result is these people are useful idiots for the left. You know, they think that by, you know... um, refusing to accept reality and and engaging in nothing but mindless cheerleading. Just telling each other that, uh, you know, Republicans are always going to win. Trump is the most popular president ever. And now because of Trump, because everybody loves Trump, you know, that he's, he's converting, you know, huge percentages of the Democrat Party are now turning into Republicans. And, you know, all these different voting blocks that traditionally voted Democrat are all going to turn Republican. You know, Trump is going to win 30 or 40 percent of the African-American vote. All these, these nonsensical things that they tell themselves. All the while ignoring facts. Uh, They're useful idiots. Because as a result of their willful ignorance, they refuse to see problems. 
And in failing to acknowledge reality and to see the problems we're dealing with, there is no sense of urgency among these people to force and put pressure on the people we have elected to address these problems. That's why we have not been able to get President Trump to take really serious action to prevent illegal immigration, to stop it, which he could today. You know, he's talking about closing the borders, right? Because of this coronavirus. Well, I thought he didn't have the power to close the border. That's the excuse I've been given. You know, we have all these excuses. The point of the matter is Trump could stop illegal immigration largely in its tracks today if he wanted to. He can close off the borders. Uh, he can put the military on the border. He can uh, ramp up building the fence with the military on the border while the fence is being constructed to prevent illegal aliens from crossing in those areas where there is no fence yet. He can stop this phony sham asylum process, which he has full authority under statutory law to do and which the, the Supreme Court has affirmed that authority. He can go after employers of illegal aliens. Just imagine if Trump was spending his time railing against employers of illegal aliens, if, if he spent his time pointing out all these tragic acts of crime and violence that are committed against innocent American citizens to uh, you know inform the public, keep it illegal immigration as an issue in everybody's mind while he pressures Congress to give him even more powers. Imagine if he did that rather than just tweeting, you know, names, Sleepy Joe, Pocahontas, just making fun of people on Twitter and uh, retweeting people who praise him. If he spent his time focusing on this issue, if he spent time trying to prosecute employers, imagine if we saw employers being perp-walked out of their places of businesses for hiring illegal aliens. And we saw all those illegal aliens at some meatpacking plant seated outside in a parking lot on the floor, you know, on the, on, on the pavement there in handcuffs waiting for the ICE vehicles to come pick them up. Imagine if we saw those images on the news. Illegal aliens being busted and deported en masse employers of illegal aliens being prosecuted. If we were doing those things, suddenly it wouldn't be so pleasant for illegal aliens to be here and they'd start to self-deport. We could be doing mass deportations right now under current law. There's no reason that we can't be doing these things, but we're not doing them. And because these, these people who refuse to see what's going on in this country and to refuse to hold this president to account with respect to the promises he made. He promised to stop illegal alien, okay, illegal immigration. Okay, we don't even hold him to that anymore. We don't care because we're happy just to say, well, he tried. The courts stopped him. Uh, Congress isn't doing anything. That's good enough for us. Because as I've told you for so long, many of these people don't really care about the issues. All they care about is Trump. And now it's obvious Trump isn't going to do anything. Now, if Trump was doing things, if he was doing the mass deportations like he promised, well, all these people would be cheering. They'd be cheering uh, Trump as the greatest president ever. If he was prosecuting employers, uh, they would be cheering Trump as the greatest president ever. If, if Trump put the military on the border, they would be cheering him as the greatest president ever. If Trump actually issued that executive order on birthright citizenship like he promised two years ago, they would be praising Trump as the greatest president ever. But since he's not doing any of those things, and it's clear that he's not going to, well, then we have to make excuses for why he's not. Because, obviously, Trump is the greatest president ever, and he promised to do those things. So, if he's not doing those things, it's only because the stupid courts won't let him. Or because those stupid rhinos blocked him when we had both houses of Congress. Or because Democrats and Nancy Pelosi won't let him. Or the media will call him racist, or whatever it is. It's just excuses. The truth is, he could put the military on the border now. He could prosecute employers. He could round up 
illegal aliens by the thousands. We could be doing mass deportations. We can stop this insane practice of giving birthright citizenship to the children of illegal aliens. Right there, just that one act, which Trump could do today, by lunchtime, if he wanted to, signing an executive order, stopping the practice of giving birthright citizenship to the children of illegal aliens. Right then and there, that would be 400,000 anchor babies alone, boom, that would not be getting American citizenship any longer. We've had... Under Trump, and he could have ended this on day one. He could have took, taken the oath of office and then signed an executive order that his lawyers had ready to go for him. He could have done it right up there on the podium while he's giving his inaugural address. He could have made it a part of his inaugural address. How awesome would that have been? You know, he puts his hand down after uh, taking the oath of office, turns to the crowd and says, as my first act as your president. I am signing this executive order. We will no longer be granting citizenship to the children of illegal aliens. Imagine if he had done that. Since Trump has taken office, we've had way more than a million anchor babies born in this country who are now American citizens and all of their family members are now immune from deportation. They get to bring over all their family members with chain migration. All of that Millions and millions of people. That could have been stopped with Trump just signing an executive order on day one. How awesome would that have been? If Trump had done something like that, if Trump had been doing these sorts of things all along, you wouldn't have heard hardly a word of criticism from me over the last three years. Not a word. I would be praising this man. There is no doubt I would be his biggest cheerleader if he was doing those things. Because to me, it's not about the person of Trump. I would be cheering what he was doing if he was doing those things. And I'm criticizing him because he's not doing those things. It's not personal to me. But to so many people now in the Republican Party, that's all it is. It's personal. This party now revolves around the personality of Donald Trump. Whatever Trump does is the greatest thing ever. And if he's not doing it, uh, and, he sh and it's something that should be done, the fact that he's not doing it, you know, that's not his fault. Somebody else is preventing him from doing it. So, anyways, all of this is the reason for my frustration. And I'm rapidly reaching that point where, boy, I don't know. I don't know. I've got to give it serious thought about what, if, and how to do this going forward. I know um, a lot of you like this show um, and all of that, and my plan is to continue doing this, but I've got to tell you, it's so frustrating because, um, you know, we're not making the headway. Not making the headway, but whatever. I'm going to keep doing it, <laughs> at least for now. And uh, my frustration, and, and it's not so much, I'll be honest with you, it's not so much that, well, I'm not, I'm not swaying the country on this, so I'm just going to give up. No, that's, that's not it. I, I never had any delusions of grandeur. I, I didn't think my stupid little podcast is going to save the country and convince everybody and wake them up and all that. No, no, no. It, it's not that at all. It's simply that, I don't know, immersing yourself in things and issues and topics, discussing them every day, things that just, all they do is frustrate you and anger you. At some point, it's like, you know what? Uh, why keep doing this? I'd probably be happier if I just washed my hands of this and said, oh, the hell with it. Uh, because the truth of the matter is, at least in the short term, nothing's going to change. Because the Republican Party has become what it is, and that is a personality cult. Not everybody, obviously. If you're listening to this, then you almost certainly are not a personality cultist. But you also know that most of the party now is. That's how you get uh, Trump having a 95% approval rating in the Republican Party. Now, I'm not saying Trump, you know, people, everyone should be 
uh, negative on Trump's job appro- uh, job performance. I'm not saying that, but I'm sa- saying 95% approval. There's no, there's virtually no disapproval. Are you freaking kidding me? None of his major promises have been kept, and there's no, there's like no disapproval. He's not doing anything but tweeting. He's doing next to nothing but holding campaign rallies and tweeting. And that's what we're satisfied with? We give him 95% approval on that? We don't care that he hasn't issued this executive order, that he hasn't stopped anchor babies, you know, giving birthright citizenship to children of illegal aliens? He could stop that right now and he doesn't and we don't care. He could be doing all these other things right now. Nobody is stopping him. Not Congress, not the courts, not the media, nobody. And he's not doing it. And we don't care. And look, it's three years now. If Trump wanted to do these things, he would do them. But he doesn't want to, which is obvious now. It should be obvious. And so this is going to continue. Now we're in election year. You know, even if he wanted to, nothing's going to happen now. Nothing's going to happen now. So this is just going to continue. And the Republican Party is going to continue being a personality cult. And we're going to continue moving to the left. And pretty soon, whether, you know, Trump loses this election or not, pretty soon Trump's going to be out of office. And we are going to try to, to go on from that point. And we're going to, have, we're going to be left with the country um, as it will be after four or eight years of Trump doing nothing on these issues. And the problem is that that country is probably going to be at the point where Republicans can't win the White House anymore. And we're going to be left with a with Democrat control of the federal government for decades or generations to come. That's that's our future because we have people who refuse to deal with reality, who refuse to even listen to arguments and points of view and facts that they do not want to be true. If they don't want it to be true, if it's something they don't like to hear, they're just not going to hear it. And they don't have to hear it because they can go to Rush Limbaugh and they can go to Mark Levin and they can go to Dan Bonidiot and they can go to Fox News and they can go to endless numbers of people on Twitter and Facebook have these huge followings um, and all they do is just praise Trump they can go there and if you just live in that world if you live in the world where all the media figures that you listen to and from whom you get your opinions because let's face it most of these people do not form their own opinions they simply parrot what they hear other people say so they get their opinions from these people. Make no mistake about it. So you can get your opinions from people who are saying things that you want to be true. It's about who and what they choose to believe. That's their reality. They live in a different reality. Every bit as much as the leftists live in a different reality who only get their news and information and opinions from MSNBC and CNN and those types of places. These people who live in Fox Fox News, you know, Sean Hannity and, you know, the Twitter sycophants. People who immerse themselves in that world, they are every bit as clueless as the MSNBC Democrats. Every bit as clueless. And so to them, we have no problems. To them, Trump has fixed everything. To them, everything is perfect. Trump has solved all our problems. And even if eight years is not enough, well, then we can just vote for Don Jr. after that. And the Trump dynasty will continue. And the country will be saved. And I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to listen to you, Mark Pantana, who are warning about states turning blue. That's crazy talk. So, that frustration is is what I am struggling with um do i really want to continue immersing myself in in, because it takes a lot of a lot of time it does it takes a lot of time for me to put this show together uh and do all the other things that i do and takes a you know 
lot of paying attention. Of course, I'll always pay attention to what's going on. But I don't know. Do I want to immerse myself in this? Do you, I mean, I'm sure you've probably felt similar feelings in the past. Just like, God, what's the point of all this? This is just ridiculous. That's kind of where I'm at. It's like, look, the country's going to hell. Uh, the only way we can combat this is with a, a healthy Republican Party, and we don't have that. We just have a bunch of mindless sheep who refuse to even see what's going on. You know, I, I might as well just check out and see what's on Netflix. Because at least, you know, I won't be uh, stressing myself out and, uh, you know, getting myself all frustrated. So anyways, I don't know. I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just talking out loud. But that's it for me. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope I've given you a few things to think about. And uh, look, it's Friday. Hope you've got good plans for the weekend. Hope the weather's nice where you are. I don't know what my weather forecast is. It's pretty crappy out right now. But anyway... Thanks for listening, and uh, remember, until next time, continue to fight the left like your freedom depends on it, because it does.